This is the John Oakley Show podcast. They're weapons, just like any other weapon, and they depend on how they're used, on whom, when. The real uh, principles behind the use of, of less lethal or what we call crowd control weapons is that the use should be proportionate to the threat and that it should be necessary. And what we're seeing in a lot of these situations in the U.S. now is that neither of those criteria are really fitting. All right. And so uh, can you just give us a, for instance, for what would a rubber bullet do in contact with somebody? Because there have been reports, yes, these things have been ricocheting around, or they've been fired indiscriminately or uh, randomly at targets as a form of crowd dispersal or crowd control uh, from short range, just, uh, you know, maybe uh, a dozen or two feet away, uh, what can that do to a person? Actually, you just mentioned the two major issues. So so rubber bullets, which is a just common parlance for a range of different kinds of projectiles that are not live ammunition, at short range, they come out of the, the muzzle of the weapon at almost the same rate as a live bullet, and so they can cause severe injuries, penetrate the skin. If they hit the head or the neck or the eyes, um, they can cause permanent disabilities. We've seen a a range of injuries even in the past week with people losing their eyes, enucleating their eyes or causing skull fractures or jaw fractures. But when they're hit from long range, they tend to be completely indiscriminate. The trajectories of these projectiles are unpredictable because they're, they're funny shaped. They're not shaped like a traditional bullet and they're big. And so they can hit a bystander, they can hit grandma down the street, um, and they can hit people all over their bodies in their face and, you know, in delicate parts of their bodies as well. Well, Are they made of rubber? Some are made of rubber. There's a lot of other different uh, um, composite materials. Some include metal, uh, some include PVC or foam, but this isn't your average Nerf gun foam. It's hard foam. Um, some are pepper balls, so they're like paintballs, but inside is pepper spray. We've seen um, a, a couple different cities that are using those now. Well, with pepper spray or tear gas as well, uh, we see the canisters have been fired into the crowds as well. Uh, what are the health implications of that? I mean, uh, people are dispersing because it's an irritant. It's a chemical irritant. But does it have maybe uh, further reaching or longer reaching consequences? So in our review of 25 years of literature, the majority of deaths and permanent disabilities from the canis- uh, from tear gas are from the canisters themselves, from the trauma from them. But when tear gas is misused, so when it's in used in enclosed spaces or when people aren't able to exit or they're fired directly, you know, at people so they have an excessive exposure to it, that can also cause pretty severe injuries from tear gas. None of these weapons are non-lethal. They can all cause severe injuries and sometimes even death. And just the pure scope and the consistency with which they're being used in the protests in the United States right now is very alarming. Well, there's a report out of Columbus, Ohio, of a 22-year-old woman who actually died. I mean, this is being investigated now, but that's the initial report after being exposed to police tear gas during one of the protests. I mean, is it possible people can die from tear gas exposure? Yes, she should. She would certainly not be the first one. There's a, a series of people all over the world who've died from excessive exposure. 
uh, again, particularly when it's misused and overused. Tell me, too, about uh, the stun grenades that are used. I mean, these are based on, I guess, uh, or concussion grenades. Is it uh, the sound that they emit? Uh, how does that work exactly on the human physiology? So stun grenades are generally considered a disorientation device. So they have either or both a very, very loud sound and a very, very bright flash. And ultimately, they were designed by the military to cause people to startle so that they can enter. Um, the concern is that when they're used, especially in combination with tear gas and rubber bullets, and there's a, a range of different weapons that are being used in a protest, they don't cause the orderly and calm and safe dispersal of a crowd. They cause a stampede and chaos. All right, which you would say, I guess, then by implication is counterproductive. I understand, for example, uh, in some instances, these weapons are banned internationally, uh, but they're okay for domestic use. Is that right? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So the Chemical Weapons Convention, the one that bans sarin gas and things like that, actually bans the use of riot control agents, as they're called, like tear gas and pepper spray, uh, for use by the military in warfare. However, it allows the use of these weapons in, in civilian policing only when they're absolutely necessary. And who makes that determination? Uh, unfortunately, that determination is currently made by individual uh, police departments and their leadership. I see. And by the way, uh, when you see some of the protesters or uh, the folks who are involved in nefarious practices like rooting, looting and rioting, they're wearing gas masks. Uh, are those a deterrent to things like tear gas uh, effectively? Or is that maybe one of the reasons that, you know, the police would also uh, then consort to using the rubber bullets or the stun grenades? So the gas masks can protect some parts of the, the symptoms, for instance, like the effects on the respiratory system. But tear gas doesn't only affect your eyes and your breathing. Any part of your skin that it touches will have severe pain. So it, maybe they consider it a deterrent, but it shouldn't be. I see. Uh, so in the week that was, I'm sure uh, we've mm. seen and registered a number of casualties. Do you think that's going to lead to a reconsideration of how these weapons are deployed? I really hope so. You know, yesterday in the news, uh, Attorney General Barr said that pepper spray was not a chemical or a chemical weapon, which in fact it very clearly is. And uh, I hope that that the reckoning around police violence uh, include the use and the the decisions around these less lethal weapons and how frequently they're used. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.